You are listening to the SAIT podcast. This session on Scots in the, in the English classroom was recorded on Thursday the 1st of October 2020. In a slight change from our normal procedures, I'm going to redo the introduction to the session. Unfortunately, the quality of the audio from my microphone during the session was particularly poor. So, just to lead you through the session of Beyond Burns, Teaching Scots in the English Classroom. In the session, we cover what is Scots and why to teach it, how to teach with Scots at BGE and senior phase level, and we also discuss the SQA Scots Language Award. And towards the end of the session, one of our contributors talks about the Open University Scots Master's course. Our two speakers today are Laura Green, who is the Education Specialist at the Scots Language Centre, and Bruce Yunson, who is the Scots Language Coordinator at Education Scotland. And my name as your host is Tom Coles. I hope you enjoy the show. Um, hi Laura, hi, how are you? I'm great, thanks. And here comes Bruce. How are you, hi, Bruce? Tom, thanks. Very well, thank you. And um, just thank you. Uh, just quickly, um, I'm just it's always interesting to hear where you're joining us from. What's the weather like today, Laura? So um, I stay in West Lothian, which is right in the middle of the central belt. Um, it's also where I taught, um, and the weather today is uh, freezing but bright. That's always good, yeah. There's been a turn in the weather up here as well. How about you, Bruce? Where are you joining us from? Uh, joining my home in Shetland, so way up in the north of Scotland, and it has been pouring with rain all day, and the burden that runs by the side of my house is just ferocious wee water coming down. So it's a very wet and windy Shetland day here. <laughs> on, on Sky, there's a there's a saying that if you don't know the name of one of the burns, you just call it the mad burn because it runs and runs and runs, you know, <laughs> pelting into the sea. Anyway, right, um, Laura, are you ready to go? I'm going to sort of hand, hand the session over to you and myself and Bruce are going are gonna to step back and, and let you go for it. Is that okay? Hi, that's great. Thanks very Absolutely. much. Absolutely. So that's that's goodbye from sorry, goodbye from Bruce first and goodbye from me and Right, okay, thank you. Uh, right, so the night's session is about teaching Scots in the English classroom. Thanks very much for giving up some of your time to join us tonight. It's been heartening to see how many folk are interested in teaching Scots and I'm sure that some of you that are watching tonight um are very experienced at teaching Scots in your schools yourselves. Um, so thanks to Tom for introducing me. Um, I have been teaching, an English teacher for 16 years, but I've been out of school for the last three years. And among other things, I'm the person at the Scots Language Centre that's responsible for making sure that teachers can access um, guidance, support and resources for teaching Scots in schools. Um, the way that this is going to work tonight is that we will have a wee break halfway through and I've got uh, Bruce Yunson who is helping me out tonight but um, we'll be keeping an eye on the comments and the questions but Bruce won't be typing in any answers uh, but we will talk about them uh, during the break and right at the very end. Uh, this, these slides will be gone on the Scots Language Centre website and I'll, I'll also put them on Glow so that um, everybody can have a copy of the slides. So you don't need to worry about copying and links and taking notes of resources and things like that. They'll all be there ready for you for your reference. So uh, let's look um, at what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about what Scots actually is um, and then why we bother teaching it in the first place. Uh, we'll be looking at using writing in Scots with your BGE learners and then we've known to uh, reading Scots text at senior phase. We're talking a wee bit about what the SQA Scots Language Award is all about and then at the end I'll show you some useful links. So what is Scots? Well the, the very um, fact that I'm starting off this presentation by defining what Scots is, is interesting in itself. If you were to attend a CLPL on uh, looking at using French we um, at NAT 5 or higher, or looking at teaching Polish as your L3 as part of the 1 plus 2 languages, or teaching Scottish Gaelic, you might not expect the presenter to set off by explaining to you 
um, with it is. I mean, it would be pretty self-explanatory. But defining Scots folk um, can tend to dispel a lot of myths. Um, so it's uh, good to how I start off with thinking about what Scots is, uh, and then we can move forward from there. So Scots is generally Scotland's three indigenous languages. Um, it's a sister language to English, and it has Germanic roots. Uh, it'd be interesting to hear for you what you think your learners would say if you asked them what Scots is. Um, some of your learners might know, some of your learners might be Scots speakers, but some of your learners might not even um, realise that they are Scots speakers. So let us can by typing into the chat and comment and what do you think your pupils would say if you asked them that question, if you asked them what is Scots? If you're wanting to help them, understand what it is. There are two really engaging um, and short and accessible videos looking at the development of Scots. The first one is for Education Scotland and it's cried History Scots. You can find it on the Education Scotland National Improvement Hub and I'll give you the link to that at the end. The other is called the Origins of Scots um, and that's from the Angus McIntosh Centre for Historical Linguistics, who are based at Edinburgh University. And that also looks at how Scots developed over the years. So watching these videos can help learners understand the difference between uh, Scots and what some folk call uh, Scottish Standard English. So um, a lot of folk think of Scots language as being on a continuum where there's great Scots at your end, where folk would use loads of Scots vocabulary and Scots grammar to Scottish Standard English at the other end, where there'd be loads of English, um, with maybe an occasional Scots word thrown in or the occasional feature of Scots grammar. Watching these videos helps learners understand that Scots developed alongside English, as opposed to developing free English. And that's a really important point and helps establish Scots um, in their minds as being uh, a language that is that is valid and has um, strong roots. So uh, after you help your learners understand what Scots actually is, um, you know, why are we bothering with this in the first place? Why are we um, promoting Scots? Why are we raising awareness here? Um, out of the folk that have taught Scots in class, you've maybe taught a Scots text, or you've maybe even taught the Scots language awards, let us ken uh, why you teach it. Why, do, If you have taught Scots before, why have you taught it? There are a couple of papers um, for Education Scotland that look at this very thing, that look at um, how, in, uh, how Scots can benefit learners, particularly in terms of developing learners' literacy skills. Um, there'll be links to these at the end, so you don't have to um, try and enlarge this because you can read them, but they're tried Curriculum for Excellence Scots Language and Scots Language and Curriculum for Excellence. Um, I don't know how long it took me and Bruce to come up with these titles, <laughs> uh, but that's what they're called. You can find them on the National Improvement Hub. So uh, something that I found in my own experience is definitely that Scots can help learners develop reading strategies. Um, as an English teacher, you can what it's like uh, you're teaching uh, reading texts and if sometimes if learners have to go access to a dictionary, maybe not a, an appealing or an assessment, um, then sometimes it can panic them a wee bit because one of the skills that they really need to develop is to be able to work out what a word means according to its context, according to the way that it's used. Uh, so something that I find Scots really useful for is doing exactly that. Um, for example, a text that I used to often use for learners was a story by Robert Louis Stevenson cried Throne Janet. And if you haven't read Throne Janet before, if you haven't let your learners read it, you should um, Google it as soon as you out of this webinar because it is really engaging for them. It's a scary story. Uh, um, it's particularly appropriate now that um, Halloween's coming up. So in Throne Janet, there's the word Kolishangi. And Kolishangi is now a word that I hear used in about me where I stay in West Lothian. And it was certainly a challenging word for my learners to try and work out. So what we did is we looked at what was happening. 
around the time that the word Kolishang was used. Um, in the story, Jana is being set about by the women of the village. <laughs> she is, uh, they're clamouring all over her, they're convinced that she's up to no good and they're trying to um, drum her out of tune. And the writer describes it as being a right Kolishang. So because we can some of the other more familiar Scots words around about it, and because we can the words that were shared were between Scots and English, the learners could work out that a Kolishangi meant a, a noisy argument, a big fight. Another thing I like to do with learners that helps develop their reading strategies is to look at how Scots can help them understand connotations and inferences and shades of meaning. Something that I like to do with them is look at Scots vocabulary that has now got a direct translation equivalent in English. So, for example, I might get people to tell me the connotations of the word glaikit as opposed to the English word stupid, or the connotations of the word haver as opposed to the English word talk. Um, like teaching only language, to move on to our second point, uh, it can reinforce learners' understanding uh, grammatical features. Um, if you teach learners only language, it helps them understand the grammar of their mother tongue, um, you know, which is perhaps English, better, because they've got to, un to understand how a new language works. Um, they've, got to un they've got to understand how their own language works. So, for example, if a learner is to understand that to create present participles in Scots, you have to add the suffix, suffix um, I-N, you know, like um, Leathern, Berlin, Greeting, Dean, they first of all need to understand what a verb is, what it means for a verb that indicates something's continuous, and how that works in English. You know, in English you add I-N-G, no I-N. Uh, there's a really good resource, again, on the National Improvement Hub that looks at exactly that, and I'll show you a link at the end. Uh, and to look at our last point, um, there, I mean, there will be uh, folk in this, that are watching this tonight that are social subjects teachers, uh, because, or maybe even music teachers, because it's near impossible to teach Scots language without looking at Scots history, uh, Scottish music, Scottish culture and traditions. So there's ample opportunity for ideal in teaching Scots language. But I have to say, um, in my experience of speaking to teachers that they teach Scots, by far, the thing that teachers say to me best is that teaching Scots language engages the learners in their class. What better way for some of the learners in your class to show off their prior knowledge and their prior learning a language? The words that they've kept and they've learned for their parents, for their pals, for their grandparents. Uh, for some learners, you're allowing them to speak the, um, to you in class the way that they speak um, at home. Um, you're allowing them to read and write in their first language if they use Scots at home. Um, and we can't pretend that one thing's going to work for all the learners in your class because, um, you know, for some, for some learners, um, they might not be Scots speakers, this might be entirely new to them. But uh, for other learners in your class, this is going to be something that shows that your lesson is really relevant to them. In the same way that, um, you know, using a graphic novel or using a media text will be transformative for some learners in your class in terms of their engagement with your lesson. That's what Scots can do. Um, I mean, I've seen it in main lessons when I was teaching and I've spoken to other teachers who have seen it in their lessons too. And if anybody has had that experience where you've managed to engage a reluctant learner, whether it's somebody who's no wanted to do it before or somebody who's been reluctant to put their words down in paper, please do let us care about it. I'm, um, I really interested to hear about um, teachers who have used it in their class and managed to engage learners that might have, no, might have otherwise opted out. Uh, okay, so to move on to our next slide, which is looking at writing in Scots in BGE. Uh, in terms of how, that, how Scots can 
tie in with what you're doing in BGE in terms of the benchmarks, I think we're probably going to be looking at how uh, writing can be convincing and authentic and can create a strong sense of place of sin. Um, and it's also really useful in helping learners uh, write dialogue that is convincing, but which is something that they can tend to struggle with. So I wanted to show you this new resource that I think would be excellent stimulus for your writers in BGE. These uh, images are from a website called Scots in Schools, which is Matthew Fitt's schools resources website. I'm sure you've um, heard of Matthew Fitt. Uh, so these are designed by an artist called Anna Morozova, and I think they'd be a really engaging way to help learners think about Scottish myths and legends. Uh, so well, first of all, we have Captain Nixmere, and I think um, I'm very interested to hear about whether that that sound exists in young learners. Um, it always sparks an interest in debate as to whether learners can actually make that sound and are familiar with that sound. We have Cotty Sark. Um, if you're familiar with Tam O'Shanter, you know, it's potentially impossible to be an English teacher in Scotland without being uh, familiar with Tam O'Shanter, but you can exactly what Cotty Sark means. So Cotty means short and Sark means short. But Cotty Sark refers to a, um, a woman's nightie or her underwear, like a bit like a petticoat. So I think this character could be a really good lead into looking at Cutty Sark because there's that famous line where Tam's looking at the witches and shouts, Wheel done, Cutty Sark, to one particular witch that's caught his eye. Next we've got the read Carlin, and the Carlin is a Scots word for a witch, which you might have guessed for the, the pointy hat there. We've got the craw. We've got Rami, and I think uh, this character, Rami, could um, potentially lead to a wee bit of interest in dictionary work. Rami, if you didn't know Rami is, it's an argument or a fight, and the Scots has got loads of words for, I mean, we've, just, we've heard Collie Shani already in the night, there's also Rami. My own favourite is I love Stushy. I love the word stramash as well, because it's really onomatopoeic. I'm sure you've got your own favourite words um, for uh, fighting arguments in Scots. Everybody's got them, so you type them into the chat and let us know if you've got your own favourite. Um, but I think using uh, there's an on, a free online Scots dictionary that you can use called dsl.ac.uk. There's also a Scots dictionary for schools app that you could use to um, work alongside things like that, and that's free to download for Apple or for Google Play. Um, and I think the last gen is a character called Mr. Sleekin. Um, and again, I, th I think this would be really interesting in getting your learners to think about the way that a character is presented and how they look and how that can maybe reflect in their character. So there is a downloadable resource to accompany these images on the Scots and Skills website. And the downloadable resource looks at um, how you would create your own character using Scots words, how you would illustrate that character and how you would create their backstory. But I'm sure you've got your own ideas as to how you would use this resource and what outcomes you would want to see. Um, I'm just going to show you quickly, because um, it's been really difficult for me actually to pare down the number of resources that I wanted to show you tonight, because there are hundreds of them. And if you go on the Scots Language Centre website education page, or if you follow me at Learn Scots, I'm, um, you know, I'm raising awareness of all the fabulous resources that are out there. But there are three um, other resources that are good for writing I want to show you just now. So one of them is, oh, I'll just show you on this, um, is Modern Ghost Stories by a Falkirk-born um, writer, Clyde Allen Bissett. And these are original ghost stories. Um, they're 20 minutes long. They're written in modern Scots, really accessible. I've used them before learners and I've absolutely loved them. So you can have a look at those. 
On the Scots and Schools website, there's um, hundreds of resources here, including word lists and PowerPoints to help you um, simulate, uh, help you um, gain stimulus for your writers who are looking to write in Scots. I should say here that this uh, photo here is for um, a learner who was at Banff Academy, who worked with a a really enthusiastic teacher called um, Dr. Jamie Fairbairn, who's um, participated in a project uh, with a, a researcher up there in Banff. Um, and the learners illustrated Scots words. This was the illustration for the word uh, drukut, which is a really nice example of a creative way of bringing Scots into the classroom there. Um, a really popular resource that people are really interested in and is really well used is in the National Improvement Hub, and that is 100 key Scots words. And these are um, Scots words in different dialects, which is something that is really important to raise awareness, I think. Um, it's important for learners to know and appreciate that Scots has many different dialects and that a Scots speaker in Dumfries isn't going to speak the same way as a Scots speaker in Ayrshire, and they're going to speak differently for a Scots speaker in Edinburgh, and they're going to speak differently for a Scots speaker in um, the Orkney Islands. So, although there are hundreds of words in Scots that are um, common to all dialects, there are a few um, Scots words, or more than a few in some cases, that are unique to that dialect. And to show you an example, I've got the this is the Caithness Scots, and this might be too be in your screen. But um, in Caithness Scots, we've got words um, like dicht. And dicht means to use something a quick wipe, and that's certainly a word that's in my vocabulary. But it's also got um, word the word peep, which means to cry or weep, which is something that's definitely not in my vocabulary. So if your learners are starting out in the Scots, these word lists are we. Um, metaphorical comfort blankets for them. They can get them started, they can show them examples of how the words are spelled. Um, they might know where they realise um, and if they don't they'll learn loads of new words, uh, you know, you can't you can lose there. Thinking about spelling, because we're English teachers and you know we have a great responsibility for encouraging our learners to spell and to think about spelling. Um, I wanted to show you an example of some of these. There we go. Right, so whenever I speak to English teachers um, and primary teachers about writing in Scots, I get asked about spelling. So what I want you to do is have a look at these on this slide here. And I want you to tell me type into the chat please um which is the correct spelling of the word glacan which of these spellings is right do we spell it um they all spelled with a k do we spell it with an i at the end do we spell it with an e at the end um how do we create that a sound is it a e is it ay does the does the second last spelling there on that slide represent your pronunciation of it better than the one at the top? So it might surprise you to find out that all these spellings are in the online dictionary of Scots language. Because Scots is a non-standard language, there isn't um uh, the one accepted so-called right way of spelling a, a word that will be accepted by every Scots speaker and will be spelled in exactly the same way in every Scots text that you come across. So what we say to our learners when they're asking about spelling and if they're unsure about it is that they can, first of all, let's get your creative ideas done in the paper and then worry about your spelling when you're at the editing stage. But second of all, that we say to them that consistency is key. So if that learner chooses to spell Glacan, um, the, the top way on that slide there, then that's the way that they should spell it throughout their entire 
um, essay or their entire story, they shouldn't have a, a variety of spellings in that one piece of writing. Uh, so we don't. So what we say to the learner is, it should be spelt the same way in that one piece of writing. But we're not saying to them that only one of those is correct. Is correct. Um, what we do get learners to think about is that there are there should be a logic to the way that they're spelling these words. You can spell Glacet um, Z-X-Y-N-E. That's not going to work. That's not going to make any sense. Um, and if you look at this word here, that is not a spelling that, uh, that appears in the Dictionary of Scots Language. That's the one that I've just made up. And we can get them to think about whether that spelling makes sense or no. I mean, in our vocabulary, you might have you have the word uh, glacier, you have the word uh, glacé, and that's for a French word, um, glacé, which means to freeze. So because we've seen this word with the T um, before, we've seen it written down before, we would tend, and we've seen the word um, ace before, we've seen that combination of letters, we would tend to think that that C would be soft. So we can, that it's more likely for us, that it makes more sense to us to spell that word with a K rather than a C. So um, we can get them to think carefully about the way that they use it, but at the same time, we do want them to understand that because it's a non-standard language, um, you know, they can use, there, there's no such thing as a right way to spell um, a particular Scots word, but there are ways that some ways it makes sense and some ways it doesn't. So um, we can encourage them that all published writers uh, need to check their work for consistency. And if they approach it in that way, um, and it then it will help them understand why these words are spelled the way that they are. But it also helps you to, uh, as an, in an approach to your assessment and your marking when you're looking for um, thinking about, well, how do you assess whether or not they have got a good grasp of Scots? Um, and, uh, you know, how you consider spelling in that equation. Uh, right, so I've been talking for quite a while. Uh, I think we could uh, maybe stop here and have a wee breather and look at some of the questions you've been asking and some of the comments you've been making before we go on to look at Scots in the senior phase. Hi, Laura. That's, yeah, that's a great start to the session. Um, there's been some great questions. I'm going to bring Bruce in as well, make sure he's not left out of the, out of the party. Um, you reminded me a little bit of um, when I was at university, we did uh, the Tom Leonard poem, The Six O'Clock News. You know, um, there's a right way to speak, uh, talk it and there's a right way to speak it and spell it. Mm -hmm. and like that. And, uh, Joanna was saying in the comments, actually, um, she was saying she, she really liked this approach of, of, of saying, you know, you need to be consistent. You need to choose something and stick to it, which, which not all kids are great at doing. But um, and that's the test, really. It's not about a right way and a wrong way. It's about what's consistent. Um, does that make mm -hmm. sense to you? Mm -hmm. Aye, uh -huh. um, I, it's, it's about consistency and um, I've met Johanna before but I, I swear I did not prompt her to say that's a great approach but that was all her. So uh, thanks Johanna. Um, but, uh, Johanna's done, uh, actually works at Glasgow Union, has done some great work with teachers on looking at exactly that, looking at spelling in Scots um, and how and why um, they're spelled the way that they are. And I remember speaking to Johanna before about, you know, is it okay, is it acceptable if a learner writes phonetically when they're writing in Scots? You know, is this, uh, and I think some teachers are worried about that sometimes, you know, um, because we spend a lot of their time correcting words that they have spelt phonetically and telling them the way that they should spell. And uh, Johanna explained to me that actually what they're doing is something that's not new. It's not something that's been brought about by folk text and then folk writing online, as a lot of people think, but actually um, medieval writers wrote phonetically as well. So there's a, there's a, a long, um, a vivid history of how uh, Scots spellings came to be divided there. I was, just, I was thinking, well, if they can spell things phonetically, they're obviously very literate. You know, they, they get they get how language works if they can do that. Sorry, Bruce, you're nodding along. What's your opinion on on, on this? You know, um, yeah, no, yeah. the uh, the Laurel be uh, won't be surprised to hear that um, when the question was put to the the people watching that uh, what do you think learners would say what Scots is? Well, a lot of slang, 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 slang was typed mm. in. Uh, mm -hmm. That's a common answer that uh, 
especially from sort of Dundee and further south. It's a quite a central belt conception. And then somebody, I think uh, maybe a, a person called Lauren said um, that the learners might say, how granny talks. Yes, it's on the screen now. That's very common where I'm from, like up north, Shetland and Orkney. And I think you get that in the northeast, that it's perhaps an old fashioned way of speaking. And then um, lots of people, me and Laurel know, were commenting. We had uh, Mrs. Fraser, I think that's Perth High School, um, had a good comment. We need pupils to see it's not slang and that it's part of their identity. That's, yeah, on the screen now. Um, something that me and Laura talk about a lot is the idea that um, in that sort of philosophical sense of how do you how do you know where you want to go in life or, or who you are or where you're from? Well, that comes from looking at, at the past, who, who lived here before you, who um, how they spoke, how they thought. And language is, is such a great tool for or understanding the past and understanding where you want to go. But um, there was another interesting comment. Um, it was good, Scots is good for interesting the reluctant learners. We see a lot of that and in the documents Laura shared, we've, we've written about that. And a lot of learners think that they are bad at English, um, but they don't realize that they have uh, a wealth on the screen, wealth of culture to tap into. And uh, again, that's something um, it, that links to the spelling conversation and um, people like James Kelman, Irvin Welsh, they've, they've made a career in, in fiction and in writing by describing what they see and the culture around them. And children and, and young people can do that in any language. And, and if they have an understanding of Scots, that helps, helps them understand who they are and who the people around them are. And it's a great way to be creative. So. There's been lots of interesting comments in the chat, so I think we'll have a good second half after that. Yeah, definitely. I, I have one really quick question I was thinking about. I, I moved to Scotland in uh, 2004-05, and part of the reason I moved to Scotland was because Scotland was cool and Scots was cool, and I'd read Lanark and I'd seen train spotting. And, and I was just wondering if you're going to put a, a date on when Scott was coolest in the last, you know, 30, 40 years, do you think, I suppose the question really is, do you think, do you think there's more understanding of Scots or more, um, it's more high profile now because of films and works like that? Or do you think, I, I feel in some ways that it was, it was sort of a, maybe some people feel it's dropped away a bit in terms of teaching and things like that. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I mean, I think that, um, have you ever used the hashtag Scottish Twitter? Um, then you'll see lots of lots and lots of modern writing in Scots. I think that Scots is far more visible now to me um, as an adult than it was when I was um, starting at un starting at university and I had you know finally saw some of the words I'd, I used all my life written down on paper. Um, I do think that uh, we need to raise awareness of. Uh, other registers of Scots, like we need to make sure that folk can that Scots uh, that Scots is for writing in informal situations, and it is for blogs, and it is for tweets, but also that there are there's some really um, high quality literature that Wayne's can read um, that will really expand their horizons, and, and that's what Scots is suitable for as well. So that Scots is a versatile language; it's not just for social situations; it's for um, you know everything that you need in your life. It's for it's for reading and writing. It's for being on the telly. It's it should be in the radio. You know all of the things. Uh, what do you think, Bruce? Because you may have a different experience for me, being so so much younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably more to do with being so far away and being up in Shetland. But um, I would say that in my lifetime, um, that I've noticed there being much more of a a sense of a national identity and an awareness of Scotland and what it is to be Scottish and to understand Scottish history. When I was young, growing up in Shetland, Scotland was a foreign country to mm. us in Shetland. We weren't, we didn't think of ourselves as being Scottish. And I think that that has changed a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really interesting. I think, I think, yeah, though, well, it, it always crosses over, you know, you do get this I'm not going to go into it, but some people talking about the, the, the politics of language as though someone's coming along and making language political by um, by naming it and talking about it, wants to talk about it. But um, it is interesting, that kind of that dynamic. 
Uh, we're gonna we probably will run out of time we're afraid we're gonna you know finding difficulties to fill our time but there's so many questions coming through but do you want to carry on laura and we'll we'll catch up again at the end yep absolutely yeah. let's go to that so we're gonna we're gonna banish bruce and myself again we'll to our, see, see in a little bit <laughs> so it's just gonna be you laura now okay great thank you right so to, looking at um, the next part in my slides then we're going to be looking at reading scots in the senior phase so the the list uh, texts i've got here are the scottish texts that are the set texts for the for nat 5 and higher english and um, when i speak to english teachers that are teaching scots um, in senior phase this is usually where it appears now obviously um i imagine that folk watching this all ken a lot of these texts really well and some of them have got more Scots than others. For example, um, you know, the Anne Donovan's short stories are all written in Scots. Um, Sailmaker has got um, a lot of, and mainly I would say in Scottish Standard English, although it reflects Scottish, um, you know, speech patterns and grammar. Um, but it's got a lot less Scots vocabulary in it than uh, the likes of hieroglyphics. Uh, just to let you ken, if you're interested, in the 2019 exams, at NAT 5 level, Sailmaker was the second most popular drama text, and Tally's Blood was the fourth most popular. At higher, Slab Boys was the second most popular drama option, um, and I'm sure you might have found in your own experience at your own schools. At higher, most candidates choose to write on their set text on poetry, um, but Burns is the second least popular option. So that's something for us to think about. It's great that we hear some Scots language in the set texts, but um, you know, what do we uh, need as teachers to be able to teach these successfully? Uh, there are some resources online for the Scottish set texts. And the Scots Language Centre um, have recently developed some of these. So this website, which I'll give you a link to at the end, is called um, scotslanguage.com forward slash learning. And on it, we have reading, sorry, learning activities for all ages and stages, including early years, um, but our reading exercises are the ones that are probably the most difficult and the most advanced in what they're asking learners today in terms of their understanding of Scots. So what we hear here is interactive online and, and free activities for learners that involve no printing and they didn't involve any marking either. So uh, that's good news for us. In terms of um, if you if you want to download paper versions of it, you can. That's in the teacher's notes section there. But um, all the exercises start off the same way. They've all got the, the text or an excerpt for the text, which is read out. Um, but I'll, I'll skip that the night. And then they all have um, activities that ask them you know, only about the language. For example, this one's checking their understanding of the vocabulary that's used. But they also ask them questions about the kind of things you would expect your learners to know if they were studying these texts in class. Okay, so uh, that's one of the resources that we hate. Um, another resource that teachers find really useful when I've been speaking to them, I know that goes down really well, is um, Oh, I've just lost my mouse, sorry. As a resource for an organisation called ASLS. So that's the Association for Scottish Literary Studies and they're based at Glasgow Uni. And on their site, they have teaching notes on a lot of the Scottish texts. Um, they also have uh, free downloadable short stories by James Robertson. So I was lucky enough to get my paper copy of that, but it's, a free, it's available as a free downloadable PDF. There are four Scots short stories in that, um, and um, they're suitable for learners in S1 to S6. Um, something else that the ASLS were involved in recently was the production of 
Voices of Scotland, an anthology, Scots poetry, and one copy of that was sent out to each secondary school in Scotland. So um, you should have that somewhere in your office. Um, ask the person that was lucky enough to open the envelope that day when that came into your school. Um, that has got the most beautiful words to any teacher written in any book. It says permission granted to photocopy for educational purposes. So you can photocopy the poems in there and you can photocopy the activities in there. There's some great Scots poems in there. Um, one of them's called Mobrun Visits a Therapist and it's for Jackie Kay. And uh, I've tried it out with pupils before and they really loved that idea of Mobrun, um, that, you know, that familiar character for their childhood going to visit a therapist as well. Uh, so please here look at them and let me ken how you get on with the resources. Um, on the Scots Language Centre website, there is a section dedicated especially to teaching Scots in the senior phase. So here look at that and there's um, more resources available for you there too. I, I want to just quickly talk about the SQA Scots Language Award. I know that there will be... Um, folk who are watching this that have taught this before or are thinking of teaching it. Um, so please do let us ken in the chat if you are teaching the SQA Scots Language Award this year or if you've taught it in the past and what you think of it and how your learners reacted to it. But this is an award that is all internally assessed. You can teach it at levels three, four, five or six. Um, and it is something that is really, really flexible for schools to deliver. It, the Scots Language Award can be part of the, the wider Scottish Studies um, Award. It can be, uh, you can teach, you can only teach one unit of it if you don't want to teach all of it. You can start collecting evidence for it. Um, over, you can collect evidence for it over more than one academic year. Um, and teachers that I've spoken to, some teacher, for some teachers, it's timetabled as an elective, for example, and they get a couple of periods a week. For some teachers, they might teach it as part of Scottish studies, and it's given as much time as other national qualifications. Um, sometimes you get a, an enthusiastic teacher who might teach this as a part of a, a club a, a for people who are interested in it. This um, takes place at lunchtime, and it takes place after schools. Um, and I think what uh, teachers like about it is its flexibility. Um, it, it tends to be taught by a social studies teacher or a languages teacher or an English teacher. And I think some of the reasons that it's so popular with English teachers is that that understanding and communication unit is something that fits in really well with the demands of Nat 5 and higher English. So if you're looking for your learners to show that they can read Scots and understand it, and then they can also apply that understanding to their own written work and they can write in Scots as well. Well, there's your um, analysis of your Scots text. Um, that's you also have to do for Nat 5 or Higher English. And there's there's your, um, your writing folio piece. Uh, so you do get more bang for your buck when you uh, deliver this award. Uh, what I would say, though, is this year more than ever, I think it's really important to keep an eye on the assessment arrangements. And if you are interested in delivering this award, make sure you go into the SQA Scots Language Award uh, section of the SQA website where you can read all the, the arrangements, documents and things like that to, to keep yourself right where that's concerned. Because uh, I subject to the view and change, as we all know. Uh, Okay, so before um, we go on to taking questions and looking at our comments, I thought I would put up a um, little fun exercise looking at these Scots sayings. These are by uh, an artist called Stuart Bremner, um, who's put together these Scots sayings. Also, on, he's shared on social media the other night illustrations using um, Scots words for animals, which were also beautiful to look at. And I think a lot of teachers reacted really well to those. Um, so whenever folk think about Scots uh, and whenever pupils are starting to learn Scots, it's, uh, in my opinion, in my experience, it's a good idea to get them to think about Scots phrases or using Scots in a sentence um, instead of just, you know, learning a vocabulary. You know, a language is more than just a vocabulary. 
Um, so these are some of my favourites. I don't know if you've ever used your jackets on a sugarly peg. So sugarly means uh, shaky. And that saying would mean that your situation's precarious. So you might want to use that. I'm sure you've used it before. If that the words in your vocabulary to a pupil that's, you know, trying your patience. We've also got bolt your rocket. I don't know if that's maybe more of a, a West Coast saying, um, or if it's that's used in the East Coast as well. So bolt means to uh, you're telling somebody to go away, and uh, calling somebody a rocket means that they're a, a bit of an idiot. Uh, and then we also have, do you think my heat buttons up the back, which is a personal favourite of mine because it's something that my mom said to me many a time when I was growing up, uh, and you know, and that means that um, that some that somebody is patronising you, or somebody is assuming that you're a bit glake, you're a bit daft, or you're a bit naive. So um, please, if you have any favourite Scots sayings of your own, do share them with us in the chat. Um, and I'll put up the links in, um, um, at the end. Um, but now is your chance to ask any burning questions that you might have uh, and for us to pick up on any other comments that you made. Um, I hope you've found this useful and uh, let's, I'm looking forward to seeing some of your comments and looking at some answering some of your questions if we can. That's great, Laura. I, I'm sorry, I've checked us back in. I, I, you know what? For a second there, and as a, my 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 partner's favorite favorite word all the time is a, a duam. I was on a in a in a, a, a wee watching you, thinking thinking I was just uh, attending this session rather than running it. So <laughs> you know, sometimes you sort of disappear for a bit. There was, some, I mean, were some great um, questions and, and and problems, I guess, and, and and things people would like some advice on. So. Um, People mm -hmm. really said the award went really well. Um, Corin was saying uh, that they taught uh, the, uh, the Scots Award at Nash National Four last year. The students found it really accessible and enjoyed finding out the history of Scots and the influence of other European languages on it. And I mean, it's one of the things I like as a, as a, as a novice when I'm talking about Scots is thinking of it as a kind of Northern European archipelago. And I, when I grew up in Newcastle, it doesn't sound like I came from Newcastle, but, uh, you know, you used to hear um, I'm Gan Kiem you know, and then meet Norwegian colleagues and friends and they'd, they'd say, I'm Gan Yem, and you've had a few too many drinks at the pub. And they would just say, do you speak Norwegian? You know, no. And you were saying earlier on that that's of East Coast Scots as well, you know, um, Gan Yem would appear. Uh, anyway, the, the last thing, I suppose the first question to talk, up, uh, talk about is, is how do you respond to this question? So people say, I've come up against pupils in the past in the central belt that say, but we don't talk Scots even though they know every Scots word I've put on the board, etc. How do you increase students' confidence? I mean, you've already met loads of great ways, but I mean, what would your first approach be to a student that said, I don't speak Scots or we don't speak Scots here? I think that can happen sometimes when you show learners uh, a text that's got, that's really dense with Scots, words that are unique to Scots. Sometimes they, they see a couple of words that they, that throw them and then they go, well, I, don't, I can't read Scots, I don't speak Scots, I don't understand Scots. And um, at that point, I'll usually say to them, do you, you know, if I, do you ken every word in the English dictionary? Do you ken all the English words? Because nobody I've ever met kens all the English words. So you're not going to ken all the Scots words and it's all right if you need to look some of them up or if you have to try and figure some of them out um but uh but but you will learn them and, and that's and that's natural and that's expected and it doesn't mean that, that you're not a Scots speaker i think that um that teacher was saying you know they're still saying it when you're you're showing them loads of words and um i think it's just to persevere really um, I saw in the chat actually somebody was asking about the name of that app. The name of the, the app for schools is, is um, the Scots Dictionary for Schools app, um, and you can go on dsl.ac.uk to look at that online as well. And that's um, really eye-opening for for learners to to see um, to to use that and to find out the history of the words and so on. What about uh, do you have, would you have any advice, Bruce, for the learners yeah. who are convinced that they didn't speak Scots, even though they do. Yeah, it's uh, like you said, it, <clears throat> it can depend on from what angle their lack of confidence is, is coming at. Because um, if it's about 
we they think it's slang as opposed to being a language then the videos you started the this presentation with that shows scots as a language would be a, a good step there or sometimes it can be because they don't recognize as you said the, mm -hmm. the scots being used if you showed them a book of robert burns they might say nah nay chance um whereas if you were to play a clip of chris mcqueer from the bbc iplayer and some of the shorts he's done there they might say i i can him mm -hmm. <laughs> and um yeah, because Rob Rhodes put a comment as well earlier in the chat that young people are confident using language on social media, but not so much in the classroom. Well, that's that's what all of us here in this session are, are trying to bridge that gap. It's between someone confidently giving an opinion and expressing themselves, all the facets of the curriculum of mm -hmm. excellence on mm -hmm. social media, but not in the classroom. Now, that's a real tragedy. And, and that's what everyone here wants to see uh, come to a stop. We want to see those those children and young people really able to comp, uh, uh, contribute in the classroom in the way that they do outside. I, I, one, of the, one of my colleagues at the Scots Language Centre, I says that um, an issue with Scots is the idea of permission. Am I allowed yeah. to? Am I allowed to use that word? Am I allowed to? You're telling me I'm allowed to write it down as well. And I certainly experienced that. Sometimes when I would ask learners to speak in Scots and I would say, you know, well, if you were writing to your pal, what would you say? Would you say, uh, are you coming out tonight? Um, or would you write, uh, and say, I can remember one learner saying, no, I would write, you coming out the night. So I said, well, write it. And he, and he said, am I allowed? And I was like, I, and that's what it is. Someday it's just the idea, idea of permission. I, yeah, I, it's valid. It's a valid way you speaking. It's a valid way you reading, reading and writing. You're, you're allowed. You're permitted. It's a really good question. Um, I think it, especially for people in, in in plenty of schools around around the country. You know, what would what about bands whose first language isn't English? So, um, EAL students. Um, mm -hmm. and I always find personally, it's it's odd as an English teacher that. The, the, the student who has English as an additional language is often part of support for learning as though they're not good at languages, you know, but they've often got, anyway, excellent, excellent English anyway. Um, so what do you think, what do you think about this? There's a few other comments saying, let them go for it. I, I mean, I, I, I th I've um, certainly came across that when I've been teaching Scots, of course there have been pupils in my class whose first language is not English. And I think it is that idea of, um, in some ways, it makes me think. Well, why would it? Why is Scots actually any any easier for folk whose first language is English? You know, you're teaching it as a as a different language. There, of course, there are a lot of shared words, um, but sometimes the learners in your class learn Scots before, you know, alongside English, or um, in some in some ways they learn it before. English. There's a really interesting study being done in that actually of a secondary school in Glasgow looking at um, Polish adolescents and how they picked up um, Scots language and, and when and, and where they used it. Um, so to be honest, it's not something that's ever been a barrier in the classroom when I've been teaching Scots. It's not something that they've found uh, difficult. Uh, and awesome. a, lot of, a lot of the time it can be beneficial for them because, they, 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 because they're already have um, another language, they usually uh, get you know, they, they just get the grammar just, just like that. It's, it's easier for them in some ways. It's also, a, um, it links to one plus two and what we're doing in Scotland in trying to become a multilingual nation where we're raising the next generation of Scots citizens, the one, the bairns at school just now, to value language, to, to love learning languages, to speak more than one language. So adding in Scots is, is another you know another string to their bow and uh as laura said with the the study from from glasgow we found that they're they're learning it from their peers regardless sometimes of if it's being used in the classroom quite a few people are pointing that out actually um stephen here says he often works with esl language uh, students in college many of them often enjoy learning scots expressions because they hear them in the communities but not in the classroom and you know, it must be very confusing if you've, you've turned up in, in a new country and you've learned lots of the language and then you walk into a setting and suddenly there's words 
you're not supposed to use apparently you know there's a whole other language in there mm. um, i've got one question which which i have a um i have a bias towards um what about like, i'm trying to find it now there was someone said what about teachers who don't have scots or don't think they have scots um let's see if i can find that what advice <laughs> do you give what advice do you, would you give to teachers who are not from scotland i know someone was commenting on twitter actually just earlier that they're from canada and um and don't have mm -hmm. scots Mm -hmm. myself i'm from north england you know well even you even if you are from scotland it doesn't necessarily mean that you're a scott speaker i mean mm. there are millions of us that uh, it can be slowly taking out but um but there might you might not be a scott speaker even if you've lived in were born in scotland and lived in scotland all your life um what i would say is there are hundreds of resources out there that use audio um this the forward slash learning for scotslanguage.com. Uh, every resource in there has is accompanied by audio because we when we were researching um putting that resource together, we found out that even teachers that um are Scottish and have Scottish accents um maybe speak mere um Scottish standard English than they would speak Scots and they're a bit nervous about how it sounds. Um but for uh, but I think that happens quite a lot when you teach Scots where, in your class where for some teachers it's a bit, you're a bit nervous because maybe one of your learners has got to care more about this than you in your class. You know, normally you're the person with the superior knowledge about this. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes and to flip it on its head like that can be a wee bit unnerving. But, um, you know, once your learner uh, realises that, that, it, that it's something that you can tap into, um, you know, just that learner's confidence will uh, grow immensely. You know, that's going to be a can only be a positive experience for that learner to find out they can more about Scots than, than you actually do. We should maybe advertise, Laura, the new app that's coming soon from the dictionary, the Scots language as well. Um, mm -hmm. There's going to be a new schools app where all the words have a sound file mm -hmm. and um, it's read, it's not read by some old guy in tweeds uh, in a dusty office, it's read by young people, so all the words are said. So Laura's wee boy Matthew has got a voice in there. My little girl Lily has got a voice in there. So uh, that's an app to watch for for if you want to be able to play recordings of the words being said. So there's, as Laura says, there's loads of resources there. That's great. That sounds fantastic. It sounds really great. Um, what I would say is we've, we've just hit an hour, so it's it's half seven right now. Um, I don't know whether we want to kind of wrap up there. I, I'm very aware that some people are going to head off and get their tea. Um, it'd be great to continue this discussion, you know, in another session, maybe maybe deepening some of this and responding to some of the questions. But um, I know you, uh, I know Bruce, you had something to talk about with the um, the course that you've helped put together. Yeah, well, it's uh, something I've been working on. I work on most things with Laura, but um, we've uh, we've got last year I launched a course with the Open University looking at Scots language and culture, and that's full of recordings as well. We recorded every piece of Scots uh, in that in that course. And um, the Open University found that it was so popular um, that they've commissioned a second course, one that's going to be GTCS registered. And uh, Laura's written chapters for that, and um, other people whose names I've seen in this uh, session, like Jamie Fairbairn, uh, have written uh, chapters for it. Uh, so we'll certainly need to advertise that when that comes out uh, early next year, I think. Um, and uh, there'll be a, a CPD course for teachers specifically designed around using Scots in the classroom. And I, would, yeah. and I would just like to, if I, um, I, I will show you my, my the links that I've, to all the resources that I've been using. That will be on, uh, if you follow me at Learn Scots on Twitter, that will be on there as well. Um, but I would just like to make sure that folk can, that they can, if they need support to teach Scots in their class, if you're looking for a resource, if you're looking for a bit of help or guidance, then please do just get in touch. That's my job at the Scots Language Centre to make sure that you get that support and you get access to the resources and the guidance. So please do just get in touch if you need any help at all. That's fantastic. Thank you, Laura. And um, yeah, so I guess we'll wrap up there. It's been a fantastic session. We've had a, a couple of hundred people watching today. Um, which is brilliant. Um, and this will be available to, to rewatch to your heart's content if you missed something um, shortly after broadcast on YouTube. It'll also go out as a podcast like all our sessions do. 
um, and we hope to see you again in the audience um, at our next sessions. Um, I'm just going to wrap up by uh, by banishing Bruce and Laura again. If you want to say goodbye, for, it's your last chance. Okay, bye. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Thank you.